Coming up on today's WAC podcast, Grand Canyon gets a big win at home against Nevada and then nearly knocks off a team in the top 25. Plus, New Mexico State says goodbye to another legend, and CBU women's basketball is on fire. That's all ahead on the WAC podcast. Today's episode of the WAC podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome everybody into the WAC podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil coming from our homes. Eric, how was your weekend? A very nice weekend. It was a little cold in Denver. I know everybody cares about the weather that I and you experience, or maybe not, but uh, you know, it's December, it's Colorado, it's, uh, you know, Christmas is around the corner. So yeah, a little chilly this weekend, but uh, good weather to sit inside and watch basketball. Exactly. I love when it's snowing and I can have some games on my screen, maybe sip a little hot chocolate there. That's like the perfect weekend. But GCU, man, they are the real deal. They go on to beat Nevada 87 to 77. What was your biggest takeaway, Eric, from that game? You know, just how well they were able to play together. We had Bryce Drew on the show last week and and he mentioned some key points that GCU needed to do to beat Nevada. And this is a, a very good Nevada team, Steve Alford coach team. And uh, Javon Blackshirt Jr. Uh, had a great game, 22 points, a career high. And he is our whack ticket smarter player of the week. And you could have gone probably with a number of guys from GCU. And they are just seem to be finding that groove, Rachel. They really are playing well together. And to beat a team like Nevada and then to bounce back against Arizona State, what a heartbreaker that was. But GCU easily uh, could have won that game as well. ASU number 23 in the rankings. They lose 71 to 70. And they took the lead, Eric. I was like, all right, this is it. But it comes down to just one point. It was definitely a heartbreaker there. But like you said, Javon Blackshear, WAC freshman of the year last year. He's really just finding his rhythm and moving along with this season. And Alessandra Labor in that game against ASU hit a big shot towards the end that gave the Lopes the lead. So he's playing well. The big guy down low, Asbjorn Midgard. He's playing really well. Uh, Oscar Frere, I'm not sure. I I believe he might have been injured a a little bit there. But uh, Mikey Dixon, he has uh, one of our WAC top plays this week. So they really, uh, a lot of the returning guys are really mixing in well. Nice with some of the newcomers there at GCU, including head coach Bryce Drew. And they do look like uh, one of the top teams in the WAC this year. Excited to see them take on the Aggies sometime this season as well. So <laughs> another team that's a few games before that, but uh, one we've circled on the calendar. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Another team that is doing incredibly well right now, Dixie state, they're three and oh, they had a big win at DU where they were able to take the victory 73 to seven and Cameron Gooden had 23 points in that match. Yeah. And Dixie state uh, beating DU on the road. I mean, they, they got their first one under their belt against North Dakota in their opener to come in and play their first game on the road at DU, which perennially is a, a pretty good team. Rodney Billups, the head coach, uh, brother of Chauncey Billups, and to win on the road for Dixie, uh, that, that's quite a feather in their cap. And, yeah, to start off 3-0, and uh, very good news for Coach Judkins and the Trailblazers. And they were supposed to play Utah State. That game has been canceled. So they will now be playing Southern Utah on Thursday and then host SAGU American Indian on Saturday. Now, we talked a little bit about the Aggies there. 
uh, earlier, and their game at Arizona was canceled this past weekend, and they're still looking for games to play, hopefully before the conference opener at Dixie on January 8th. One interesting thing, Eric, that we talked about over the weekend was Duke had actually canceled the rest of their non-conference games. They are looking just straight ahead to the rest of um, conference play. Do you think other universities will do the same? It'll be interesting to see, Rachel. Obviously, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, very well regarded as uh, one of the pillars of, of college basketball. So when he makes a decision like that, uh, I'm sure everyone's kind of looking around and saying, well, should we do the same thing? Is that the best thing? for our student athletes and you know Duke they decided that was and maybe that's the best for them might not be the best thing for uh, another school but uh, I, I would imagine it's it's becoming so difficult to schedule these games and uh, as we speak here there there's actually a game going on that popped up we'll get to uh, when we talk women's basketball where Tarleton's at Florida you know this game came up kind of out of nowhere in, in a couple of days and that's how a lot of these games are happening and Coach K decided to shut it down. I'm sure New Mexico State uh, being in the situation there, and they, they'd like to be on the other side of that. They'd like to get some more games in before we get into conference play in January. So we'll have to see if they can get some of those games scheduled again. That They're in Phoenix. Uh, they don't really have a home gym, a home arena uh, to call their own. They, they're practicing at uh, in Arizona there. But uh, as far as having a, a place that they can uh, say, no doubt, let's play here like they do in Las Cruces, uh, that's part of the challenge as well. And for the Aggies, the former All-American Jimmy Collins passed away this past weekend. Eric, what memory do you have of Jimmy Collins? Well, Jimmy Collins played on that 1970 Final Four team for New Mexico State, of course, coached by Lou Henson, who just passed away a few months ago. And Jimmy Collins wound up becoming a longtime college basketball coach as well. He uh, was an assistant for Coach Henson at New Mexico State, went on to the University of Illinois Chicago as a head coach after being a assistant for Coach Henson at Illinois. And uh, just anybody you've ever talked to about Jimmy Collins that says nothing but nice things to say about him. So rest in peace uh, to Coach Collins. And such a tough year 2020 has been. And for New Mexico State to not only lose Lou Henson, but now Jimmy Collins uh, just compounds what a tough year it's been. And indeed, it has been a tough year. Uh, UCRGV, Seems like they're starting to find their rhythm. They're now 4-2. and two. They beat Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, for the second time in only eight days. Quinta Johnson had 20 points and seven rebounds. How do you feel that UTRGV is starting to find that rhythm? You know, Quinton Johnson seems to be filling that role of Leslie Varner. And interestingly enough, it's Quinton Johnson the second. You know, and it was Leslie Varner the second. So there's some symmetry there. And to beat any team, especially a rival two times in eight days, that's quite a job by uh, Coach Lou Hill, and I had a chance to watch a little bit of that game. Very nice arena they have at uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. So the Vaqueros now 4-2, and seem to be in good shape. They host a game on Monday against Texas A&M International. Again, a game you would hope the uh, Vaqueros could win and, and possibly have five wins to start the season. That's, that's a pretty good start for UTRGV. So, Eric, on Instagram, I had asked people what teams had really impressed everybody so far. And a lot of people actually responded that CBU has been one of those teams that they've certainly enjoyed watching. And uh, they're now 3-2, and two, and they've won three games in a row. They had a big win over St. Catherine at 93-47, to 47, and another one over Fresno Pacific, 110-71. to 71. We're seeing uh, lots of different versions of CBU so far. We've had four players lead the team in scoring so far this season. And that's, that's great news for Coach Corey because 
as we get into the uh, the wax season, he's going to need to lean on certain guys. Maybe somebody's not having a good night. You can have somebody else step up, or maybe a defense decides to try to shut one guy down and, and somebody else steps up. And of those four, Rachel, uh, one of them is not Gorjak Gak, who could be the, the most talented player on the team. He's, he's a big guy. He throws down a lot of dunks. He's a rim protector, transfer from the University of Florida. And, and he seems to be one of the best players in the WAC and, and you combine him with Ty Rowell and some of these other players at CBU. And yeah, three and two doesn't sound like as good as the team might be. And, and once again, they're going to get a big test this week uh, as they get to travel to Arizona to play the Wildcats. I was just going to say, they're going to have an opportunity to really showcase what that Lancers team is made of as they'll take on Arizona. A uh, newcomer in the WAC, Tarleton, they sit at 2-2 two and two currently. They had a blowout against Arlington Baptist on Wednesday. And then, unfortunately, they had a bunch of big games get canceled. Uh, number one, Gonzaga canceled, or Gonzaga, excuse me. Number five, Kansas canceled. And then number two, Baylor got canceled, too. So we talked a little bit about other schools following Duke. But, you know, that's not necessarily true. They're just having to deal with some other um, scheduling, maybe travel restrictions. Well, Gonzaga did have some some positive cases, and that led to their cancellation of that game because they were supposed to play Baylor before that. And then they, uh, Tarleton, I believe, had some issues uh, with COVID as well, so they were not able to travel to Kansas. And then they re they scheduled this game with Baylor. Of course, Scott Drew, who we talked about last week with Bryce Drew, his brother, number two ranked team in the country. And then Baylor had some positive cases pop up. So, again, it's just so uh, – you know, fluid, these schedules. But think about that. They're going to play number one, Gonzaga, number two, Baylor, number five, Kansas. All those games have been canceled. So uh, it would have been great to see Tarleton uh, match up against these schools. But, uh, you know, that's that's how the uh, proverbial cookie crumbles, I guess. And then they were supposed to play two more games this week, and they've decided to postpone those games as well. That was against Howard Payne and McMurray, both teams in Texas. So they figure they can potentially reschedule those at some point. But uh, as of right now, uh, Tarleton not planning to play this week. Seattle U started off very hot on the season. They go four and four now. So they stopped that four game losing streak and they defeated Northwest. Then they fell at Washington at 73 to 41. Eric, tough, tough loss there. It definitely wasn't their best play. What went wrong? Well, they did start off well against Washington. That was actually earlier in the week and, and a Pac-12 team. And, and Coach Jim Hayford, he's loaded up. Uh, you may remember they played UCLA earlier, and, and they have not been shying away from tough opponents at all. And, you know, unfortunately, that's going to happen sometimes when you play a Power 5 school. Although I, I am impressed with what I've seen from Seattle U. They have a lot of newcomers on the team. Riley Grigsby uh, seems to have established himself as a leader on that team. They've had some newcomers as well that have looked really good and they played northwest uh, out of washington on sunday night and it was of course a blowout uh and seattle u back on track but they they are a team definitely as we get to further into the season that, that could be a tough one to contend with they always seem to be right in the mix right where some nights they're really on fire, and then other nights they're a little bit colder, but they're still in the mix for sure. Uh, another team kind of like that, Eric, is Utah Valley, actually. They're 2-3 and three so far. They lost to Southern Utah, 81-71. to 71. They come down with a heartbreaker, Wyoming, 93-88. to 88. And, you know, they led the Cowboys by one point with two minutes to go in the second half. Yeah, that was a, a back-and-forth game against Wyoming, and 
Uh, Wyoming, I believe, is five and one. So, I mean, they, they're off to a very good start, too. So that's a very good team the Wolverines were playing. And you wonder some of these games, like the Arizona State game we talked about against GCU, one-point game. What if the GCU fans were in the building or more of the GCU fans were in the building? Would that have made the difference in that mm -hmm. game? This is another one. You look at Utah Valley against Wyoming. If they had fans in the building, could they have made the difference in the game? You could make that case. Uh, Utah Valley definitely playing well, even though the record might not reflect that. J.J. Overton was out, so I'm not sure exactly the situation there. Of course, he was their uh, top scorer the first few games of the year, but they did get Evan Cole into the lineup, and that was a guy we talked to Mark Madsen, you talked to Mark Madsen and Evan Cole during the basketball preview, the Georgia Tech transfer, and he is a uh, very interesting player to watch. He's somewhat like Asbjorn Midgard in that he's a 6'10", 6'11 guy that's you know got a lot of muscle on him, and he can drive to the hoop and jam it on anybody, and he's going to be one of our whack top plays this week as well. And then Fardaz Amak, he was a redshirt last year transferring from Mercer. Wow, this guy has a rebounding machine, had 20 rebounds, a school record against Wyoming, and Fardaz was leading the nation in rebounding. We looked it up right before the show here, H, and there's a guy who has one game, so I'm not sure what the NCAA standards are right now, but Fardaz averaging over 15 rebounds a game, uh, five games in. So he is just uh, grabbing anything that's not bolted down there. And he also had 27 points in that game against Wyoming. So he is really starting to develop and seem to really uh, benefit from Evan Cole being in the lineup as well this week. Because I think having that uh, twin tower, the two big guy lineup has really benefited uh, Fardons this past week. It's been interesting to see the combination of all the players. And we talked to coach about that at preview day of meshing new players with old players. And, you know, these are two new players right there that are having to figure it out and they're doing a great job of doing so. Chicago state, 0-6 so far. They lost at Loyola Chicago 88-51, and they will play at Illinois State on Tuesday and Northern Illinois on Friday. So again, staying in the state of Illinois and hopefully get some more games in. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk some women's hoops. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC Podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Eric Dinner, Rachel Viho. We're now talking some women's hoops, and forward Caitlin Harper returned to play her first game back, and she had a fantastic week, Eric, earning her the Ticket Smarter Player of the Week for women's basketball. Yeah, Caitlin Harper missed most of last season, uh, as did uh, Brittany Thomas, who was our Ticket Smarter Player of the Week last week, and then Caitlin Harper uh, comes in this week as the Player of the Week, and she had a fantastic week. Uh, UC Santa Barbara, a game on the road that uh, CBU uh, needed to win. She scores 20 points of her 26 in the second half to seal the victory for CBU. And uh, the Lancers uh, don't look now, Rachel, but they are one of the best teams in the WAC, obviously, and maybe in the West. And not many teams are still undefeated this year. So I don't want to jinx them, but I'm knocking on wood as I say that. Yeah, Lancer said it's 6-0. and oh. They defeated William Jessup 91-62, to 62, beat Santa Barbara, or UC Santa Barbara, excuse me, 85-75. to 75. And yeah, a nine-game win streak dating back to last year. That's the eighth longest in the nation there for the Lancers. Yeah, and it ties them with a team called the UConn. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with <laughs> the uh, Huskies women's basketball program, but pretty well regarded. So that's uh, pretty nice to be tied with them for the eighth longest win streak in the nation. We're going to have Jared Olson on the WAC podcast uh, later this week, and we'll have to see how long they can keep this win streak going. 
Yeah, and uh, two weeks into college basketball and Dixie's women's team was finally able to play. They beat Park University 81 to 52 and they'll host Portland State on Wednesday. Another undefeated team right now, Utah Valley, they sit at 2-0. Although the team is on pause right now, Eric, have you heard any word of what their schedule is going to look like? Uh, this upcoming week, uh, they're supposed to be at BYU. So I, I, I would assume that, uh, you know, as long as the testing goes well, they'll be able to get that game in. Of course, uh, BYU and Provo just uh, five miles away from campus, so they don't have to go on the road, anything like that. But uh, they, when they've played, they've looked really good. They just haven't uh, been able to play a whole lot. And going back to Dixie real quick, uh, London Pavlika uh, for the uh, Trailblazers, I believe had 24 points in that win and that uh, first game that they played. And uh, she is the sister of uh, Preston Pavlika from uh, GCU uh, Baseball, who uh, frequented our uh, WAC Top Play and our WAC Player of the Week uh, conversations for, for quite a while. So very good uh, athletic genes in that family. Yeah, very good. And that was one story we actually found out at Preview Day. Uh, you know, Pavlika is not a very, <laughs> uh, let's say... Um, it's not like normal. Jones or Smith. Yeah, I was. I don't want to say like normal, but it's not definitely. It's a unique one. So when we heard it, I was like, oh, maybe they could be related, but also two different schools, CBU, GCU, and then yeah, we find out that they are related, and obviously both superstars on their respective um, fields and our courts, I guess. Now speaking of GCU, they are four and one. Unfortunately, lost their first game of the year at Southern Utah. Uh, tough one, 84 to 83. They did beat Northern Arizona. Uh, freshman Tierra Brown did have uh, 20 points in that loss at Southern Utah. And as we record this on a on a Monday, uh, they're playing right now, Rachel, against uh, Eastern Washington. Yes, they are. And uh, you mentioned that they're four and one, so that had to be a heartbreaker. You know, it's their first away game for them, and then they lose by only one point, 84 to 83. So tough, but I believe that the Lopes will find a way to bounce back, and Coach Molly Miller, I'm sure, will continue to push that. And they will um, host Houston Baptist on Friday, so they were actually supposed to be uh, at Houston Baptist on Saturday, but due to travel restrictions, now that location and day has flipped. Right, Eric? Yeah, I mean, uh, how 2020 is that? They're supposed to host Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist couldn't make the trip, so GCU accommodating, and they're going to make the trip to Houston now instead, uh, and the game will be a day earlier as well. But uh, you got to uh, be flexible. That, that's the thing this year, right? You uh, have to be flexible with everything that's going on. That's why we're doing this podcast at our houses, and that's why uh, GCU, instead of being able to have a home game, uh, this week, they have to go on the road uh, to Houston. Yes, and then uh, exciting news for UTRGV. They're also going on the road, and they will host the South Padre Island Classic, which, Eric, I wish we were both going to. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, this is something that Lane Lord and the folks at UTRGV have been looking forward to for a long time is this South Padre Island Classic. And hopefully as as COVID, you know, the, the vaccine is is on the way, and hopefully everybody is uh, safe and healthy and, and until they get it or if they decide not to get it I guess that's a whole other issue there but uh, you know that next year we'll, we'll be quote unquote more normal and uh, what a fantastic trip that would be to go to South Padre Island but uh, UTRGV gets to play against uh, Prairie View A&M and uh, the University of Texas Arlington and that and then of course those two teams uh, will play each other as well so you can catch all that on the on the WAC Digital Network this weekend. 
and they beat UTSA 60 to 50, also defeated Texas A&M Corpus Christi for the second time in less than a week. So that game was 73 to 66 and their game against Kansas did get canceled last week as well. But yeah, exciting stuff to go down to South Padre. I know it's like a short drive for them, but I feel like I would totally be down for some sun right now as I look at snow outside my window. <laughs> next year, Rach, next year. All right, Tarleton, three and three. They lost at Oral Roberts, 66 to 56 on Thursday. Then they defeated Champion Christian, 95 to 27, Eric. What a game there, 16 three-pointers. Yeah, and they just, uh, I mean, they, they ran them out of the, the gym. They had 16 threes. They had a 68-point margin of victory, which was the largest under uh, head coach Misty Wilson. Now, you turn around from playing champion Christian to playing the University of Florida. As we speak, I just pulled up the score. They actually uh, fall in that one, Rachel, 84 to 52. But, uh, I mean, you talk about the uh, the competition, and but just being ready to play at the drop of a hat. I can't think they did a whole lot of scouting, a whole lot of practice for that Florida game. But, uh, you know, it's a great experience for the Texans to to go play at a Power 5 school. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they will play at the South Point Holiday Hoops Classic in Las Vegas versus North Alabama on Sunday. So Seattle U, two and three so far on the season. They had a win against Northwest University, 106 to 39. That's a D1 record for points for the Red Hawks. Yeah, they had also had 15 three-pointers in that game. And again, it's so hard to, to kind of wrap your head around the, the competition, you know, because Seattle, you played a fantastic game and they were shooting lights out. Um, but then you go from playing, say, in Oregon, like they played earlier, you know, one of the top teams in the nation and no no offense to Northwest uh, Washington, but not not the same level of competition. And now uh, the Red Hawks will get to play against Montana and Eastern Washington. So maybe two teams, you get a, a better idea of where your team exactly is. Uh, but I, I got to imagine Susie Barcombe's pretty happy, especially with so many newcomers on the team this year. And, and they, they play really hard and they, uh, they get up and down the court. So I think uh, they're they also kind of like the men trending uh, good for the when, when we start WAC competition. Mm -hmm. New Mexico State. One team I definitely wouldn't say I would suspect to be one and four so far on the season. However, when you actually watch their play, you would never guess that would be their record. No, and they lost the two games at uh, UTEP in overtime, two games they, they obviously could have won. And it's, again, tough, like the men. I mean, they're on the road uh, the whole time here, so they're not getting any home games. And, and they, they go to Pepperdine, and they were ahead by 11 in the fourth quarter, and they just go stone cold, you know, and, and uh, uh, hats off to the Waves who went 54 to 46. But uh, it, it's, it seems like the, the pieces are there. I mean, they're one and four. Uh, Coach Atkinson uh, starting, you know, figuring it out, and, and hopefully those pieces uh, can get into place. But yeah, it's one of those, uh, you know, you feel feel for the team because they uh, they are road warriors at this point, and you figure if it would have been a quote unquote normal year, they would have played three or four games in Las Cruces and probably have a few more wins under their belt. But uh, again, they get another chance here uh, Tuesday as they'll be in the Mile High City uh, taking on Denver. Coach Atkinson from uh, Westminster, so I, I know. She always looks to uh, get back to the area every year. And so hopefully, you know, the Aggies can get back on track in that one. Chicago State 0-2 so far this season. They do not have any games on the schedule. Uh, 
uh, and they had no games last week either. So looking forward to seeing if they're able to get anything out there and possibly schedule some more games before conference play and we will keep everybody up to date on that. So make sure you are following the WAC social pages because we do try and keep everybody up to date on highlights and games and what else is going on in the conference. And Eric, you know, I feel like every single week we're like, all right, what's going to happen? But we're still staying up to date, I feel like, and we're still seeing some plenty of good basketball. You know, and we were just talking before that we started recording. I mean, the, the conference season's only a few weeks away, and, and it seems like it, it was so far off for so long, and, it, and now it's almost here, and, and then we're going to be getting into, you know, February with swimming championships, and then March, you know, with Black Vegas, and all the schedules are being flipped around, so we're going to you know, volleyball and soccer starting in January and February, along with baseball and softball. So there's going to be so much going on here in just a, about a month that uh, it's going to be really exciting. And, you know, we can't wait to see it because, you know, these student athletes have not had that opportunity, especially those ones in the fall sport. So looking forward to, to them playing. Now, one guy uh, that was in action this past week, Alex on from Seattle U, the, the graduate uh, now playing for the Sounders got the start in the MLS Cup championship, but unfortunately for, for him and for Pete Fewing, the broadcaster for the Sounders, they did not win back-to-back -back titles this year as the Columbus crew came out on top. Which I will say, uh, if you have watched the past WAC soccer championships and Jordan Angeli, she yep. has been the one calling the games and she actually now works for the Columbus crew. And so she was able to get a championship. So hats off to her. I was very happy to see that, but yeah. Fortunately, the Sounders and Alex Roldan not able to get that. Yeah, and Alex uh, get, getting the start. I know last year he only played, I think, in nine matches. I think this year he played 18 and, and got to start a mm -hmm. handful as, as well. So that's good news for him. Uh, his brother, uh, Christian, who, who is one of the best players for the Sounders, also obviously on the team. But uh, hopefully Alex uh, will continue to get those opportunities and, and be a, uh, a, you know, a starter in the MLS. We'd love to see it. We love to see when any any team or any individual is able to move on up and into the pros. And yeah, Trevor and Queen also got his first start in the, or not first start, his first um, minutes in the NBA yes. with the Rockets, and he drained his first three. So there we go. Yeah, I did see that they're they're starting to make some cuts, those kind of things. Again, the NBA season seems like it just ended. It did just end. It just <laughs> ended now, right? And now they're going to be starting the season, what, uh, this week, next week, something like that. So... Uh, Would it be interesting to see, obviously, if Trevlin can make the team or if he goes to the G League or, or what's in store for his future this year? Yes, and we will keep everybody up to as much as we can. So, again, follow us on all of our social media pages, and thanks for tuning in to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.